0: Hey, what's going on? This is Jason from Centerpoint Church. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this week. I'm really excited about today's message. We're going to be hearing from our worship leader, Jeremy Deloach. Let's jump in. How excited I am to be up here today. I feel like that guy on that commercial where he's like getting some cold cuts and he's he's getting excited. Get some cold cuts today. I get to preach today. That's exciting. It's exciting to be in the house of God and I hope you're excited. I really feel this morning if you've come here wanting to feel the presence of God that you've already felt him in that amazing worship. Let's give it up for our worship team right now. Come on, give it up. Give it up. So we're finishing up today, part four of Jason's series, If I Only Had. So that first week we had heart, the 10 man came up, and the next week we had, was it the brain, Where we had the scarecrow, and then last week Jason just brought this amazing analogy of some flying monkeys, and I can't get this image out of my head with Jacob dressing up as the monkey. But today, today is part four, If I Only Had Curse. So I want to welcome you. If this is your first time to Center Point, I want to welcome you. My name is Jeremy Deloach, and I'm on the worship team here. I serve on the, on the deacon team as well. Uh, Pastor Jason, just letting you know, he did survive the men's retreat. <laughs> But he is, uh, he is on a much-needed break with his family, we wish him the best of time. If you're tuning in with us this morning via the web, however it may be, we welcome you this morning and um, give us a big old shout-out on your uh, computer there. But part four... Of this series, if I only had courage. And I know we were expecting the cowardly lion to show up this morning, and I guess he had a curtain call back in LA for the uh, new photo shoot for the Metro Golden Mayor. But the um, Jason has set us up that we did have some kind of lion. So bear with me one second. music right there. There we go right there yes pastor Jason hooked me up with this amazing t-shirt Michelle sent me a picture of it the other day and she's like hey well you got something in the mail what is this and I'm like I have no idea (laughs) So, Jason has humiliated me. He brought me this badge of courage. But for those of you who have not seen Jason, I know he did the announcements earlier before the server started, but this is the true Jason Ball. Here we go. Take a look at Jason right here, ladies and gentlemen. Right here, Mr. Jason Ball. Right there is the real Jason. <laughs> Oh my goodness, when the boss is away, the kids will play, and that's what you get for making me wear this. Jason Ball. we love you. We love you so much. You know, today is super fitting if I only had courage. Uh, The very first time I ever stood out in front of people, well, maybe the second time in high school, our drama club was putting on this play. It was called The Wizard of Oz. And I just had to take this opportunity to be to try to be this cowardly line so I did the audition I was scared to death I took this leap of courage I almost walked out actually and uh, anyway I got the I got the part and I got to walk the yellow brick road with the tin man and the scarecrow and Dorothy it was an absolute awesome awesome time but let me ask you a question what does courage mean to you? What does being courageous mean to you? There are many different facets of, being, of having uh, courage and being courageous. Men, is it possibly being, having the courage when your wife says, Hey, does this dress make me look big? <laughs> Actually, there's a huge difference between having courage and being stupid. And I think the, the, quicker the, world, the quicker the world finds out there's a difference between being courageous and then there's a difference of being stupid. We need to make sure we figure that out because it, it does not work. Or perhaps standing up against for what you believe in. You know, maybe you're at work and you get in this debate with some people about whatever it is, you know, that you can't wear white, you know, in fall. Um, you know, just, just different avenues. Or standing up against bullies. I never could stand a bully. In fact, when I was about six years old, my very first time that I remember standing up for myself, we were at uh, Moss Park right down here. And uh, this is only a few years ago, but uh, six years old. We are at my uh, brother, he's a uh, older brother, he was playing football. And this little punk kid at every practice, every time we were there, would always just pick on me pick, and I couldn't stand it, and the the parents, the other ones, they were getting upset, so one day, my dad just said, son, listen to me, there comes a time in a man's life, and I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, dad, that you're going to have to stand up for yourself. So I said, okay, I got you. I hear what you're saying. So uh, at one of the football games over here, there's a bridge that connects, that goes across the creek. And I was with this kid, and he said something, and I took my hand, open hand, and I just waylaid him across the face. Both of us had this look like, he really just hit me. And I was going like, I really just hit him. Well, this boy took off crying down to the to the stands where the parents were so everybody starts looking back he's like he hit me he hit me and i'm running this way my parents i got him mama daddy i got him i got him and the fans went crazy for me because i stood up for myself so is that what courage means to you next week we'll be talking about what the difference is between courage and maybe turning the other cheek i I didn't know that yet but uh, we'll get to that next week probably Well, that sounded much funnier in my head. Thank you guys for uh, that uh, courtesy laugh. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Somebody's saying right now, stick to the guitar and music, Jeremy. Stick to the guitar and music. But who are courageous people? Who are they? I want to read this. It says, courageous people are those who are able to push through uncomfortable situations they're willing to step out and not quit when the going gets tough. You know, for example, what's going on currently right now is the horrible situation against Russia and Ukraine and the Ukrainian president, I'm going to mess up his name but I believe it's Volodymyr, is that right? Zelensky. You know, he's showing huge bravery and courage. You know, by not by not walking away. You know, whether it's wrong or right, I mean, he's staying with his people. He is showing huge courage right now. You know, fear, insecurities, doubt, they're all from Satan. When we fear, Satan is taking over. When we doubt, Satan is taking over. When we're insecure, Satan is taking over. And those thoughts are so unproductive. Imagine what we could do if we would take all those negative thoughts and move those into a positive direction. If this is you, we're going to take a long journey down this yellow brick road. I really wanted to skip down. This thing's kind of messed up here. I might fall. But um, we're going to jump into the Bible. And this year, I've started this new Bible plan. And it comes from the book of Acts uh, that we're going to be staying in. But when I was reading Acts, and I don't know what happened this year when I started reading, just things just started popping out just different. And I think every time that we get into the Word, we notice different things we may have never noticed before. But there are many, many acts of courageous people in the Bible between men and women. Most of them you read, but Daniel, what did Daniel do? In Daniel 6, he was thrown into the lions. King Darius, see, he signed a new law. And Daniel was like, I ain't having no part of that. I don't serve this king. I serve the Almighty. He stayed faithful. He had courage to get on his knee and continue to pray. And they didn't like it, so they threw him in the lion's den. And what brought him out? His faith in God, absolutely. Let's look at 1 Samuel, the story of David and Goliath. See, King Saul was like, David, you can't fight this giant. This guy's huge. You're going to get smacked. David said, I don't worry about that because my God is fighting this for me. He was faithful. He was courageous. Esther, the book, uh, book four, um, because of her courageous act, the whole nation was saved. How about the three Hebrew brothers? What are the names? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, they wouldn't bow down to a King Nebuchadnezzar's good statue, gold statue. Or Deborah, Deborah was a huge leader of Israel, and she led thousands and thousands and thousands of men. I think it was over 10,000 through this war, but even the better thing that she did, because she did that, she influenced them to live for God. So God knew the plan for Deborah. God knew the plan for Esther, for Daniel, for David, and God has got it going on. One of my favorites is, is Jesus himself. When uh, Judas was, he knew that Judas was going to betray him, and Jesus was there, he's like, he could, have, he could have called down the angels to save him. But instead, he was courageous. He knew the act that he had to have, or they had to do. He did not take it away. He was courageous to stand down because he knew that if he changed it, this whole thing would have been just a, a whole ordeal. But he was courageous and stood down. See, it takes being courageous to stand down super important to remember. It doesn't just mean standing up. It's for standing down as well. And last but not least, is this where we're going to spend most of our time this morning, is a guy named Saul. Um, some of you may know him as Paul. Is both names. But he starts out with Saul. And the first time we see... So if I say Paul and Saul, I'm talking about the same people. I got it back and forth. But um, the first time we see Paul is in the book of Acts. And there was a man named Stephen... And I'm not sure if you you read this before, but Stephen was an awesome, awesome leader. Phenomenal teacher, great debater, and loved the Lord Jesus Christ. Stephen was actually the first to die for his faith. And when one day he was out in the... on the streets and he was teaching and they didn't like what he had to say so they stoned him to death and right there Stephen died and Paul was actually there and witnessed the whole thing and Paul was a Pharisee and he did not like Christians at all and actually was like you know what that serves the man right serves the man right so I'm glad he's gone I'm glad he's gone but let me tell you about Saul so he was a bold man he was extremely determined and brave, and didn't matter what happened, he was excited to move on and get this Christian movement out of the way. You see, he was a good Pharisee, he was a super religious man that knew the law. And who was it that killed Jesus? Religious people. This absolutely just baffles me. But he was there. He was ready to get rid of them. He knew the Bible and believed that this Christian faith and this movement was very dangerous to what he believed in. He hated Christian faith so much that he he would persecute Christians without mercy. In In Acts chapter 9, Paul was traveling down the yellow brick road to Damascus. And he was there, he was heading to arrest the people of this new way. He was, he was getting rid of them, going to clean them out. And this is when we see Jesus actually appear. You see, Saul had a personal encounter with Jesus. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Acts 9. If not, it'll be up on the screen, but Acts 9, verses 3 through 5. It says, as he, Paul, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So right then, Saul would move from being a violent persecutor of Christians to being one of the greatest, greatest champions of the gospel the church has ever seen. If you don't know much about Paul, he's probably written probably over half of the New Testament. And once Jesus came down, Paul changed. Paul changed. And right then, he changed. And once he came to know and follow Christ, he began teaching and leading people to Christ. Hear this right here. God does not waste our time. And as soon as Paul was born, God knew what was going to take place. God will use our past and present so we may serve Him in God's way. What is a, a core, if you've done if you've done growth tracking here, raise your hand if you've done growth track. That's absolutely awesome. So you learned our core values, which is change, grow, and carry. Core value number one: it says Jesus changes everything. And it says, no matter what we've done, where we've been, or who, we've been, who we were in the past, today can become a fresh start. With God, we can walk forward today in the newness of God's grace, mercy, and love. When Jesus is part of the equation, anything is possible. Do you believe that, church? Yes. So no matter what your past, I hear people all the time, they'll say... Uh, church isn't for me. If those people inside that building knew what I've done in the past, uh, they would kick me out the door. That's wrong. This is absolutely wrong. Jesus uses every single, every single one of us who is willing to stand up and move, and move the distance. Go the distance. Absolutely. God is the one that can change every single thing. Paul did three mission journeys. And I don't know, when I was reading this, it's, um, you see the word three. Jason talked about this a few weeks ago, but how many things stand out. He did three journeys. He was gone for three months. It took him three weeks. I just think that is absolutely cool when you start seeing stuff like that. But Paul did three mission journeys. And each mission, he was actually getting a taste of what he was doing to Christians. You know, he was being persecuted. He was getting stoned at, arrested. And actually, Paul eventually died for his faith. But that didn't change it. I love what Paul writes in Philippians. Philippians 1, 21 through 24. And if you've got your Bibles turned to this, I want you to read this very carefully and highlight this in your book. But it says, in verse 21, it says, For to me, living means living for Christ. I want you to underline that right there. Living means living for Christ. And dying is even better. Verse 21 just says anything you want to know about Paul, what kind of person he was. Living means living for Christ, but if I'm dying, that's even better. But in verse 22 it says, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. And in 24 it says, but for your sakes, it's better that I stay. It's better that I stay. See, on Paul's third mission, he ministers in a town called Ephesus. He went to the synagogue and preached. Scriptures even say that he was arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God, so he was a bold guy. <clears throat> and God uses bold people. We need bold people in our life to, to speak the word, to, to make a firm stand for what you believe in. And it takes courage to do that. Let's take a look at Acts 20, 16 through 24. In verse 16 it, said, it reads, Paul had decided to sail on past Ephesus, for he didn't want to spend any more time in the province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem, if possible, in time for the festival of the Pentecost. But when we landed at Miletus, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus, asking them to come in meeting. In verse 18, it says, When they arrived, he declared, You know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many, many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I've had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God, and of having faith in our Lord Jesus verse 22, and it says, Now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I want you to pay attention to that right there. Verse 22 says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful (laughs) grace of God. So the Holy Spirit is sending him to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit reminds him city after city that there are trials, there's going to be suffering. And what does Paul do? Paul does not look over his shoulder to hang it on to what's behind him, he is looking straight ahead. And that's what we've got to do as Christians. We've got to look straight ahead. We can't worry about yesterday. We can worry about what's right here in front of us. And if we focus on what's ahead of us, we'll see the final destiny. We'll see it, and God is carrying us through there. Now, back to verse twenty-two, and it says, "Now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem." I love this right here. So Paul mirrors Jesus's way to Jerusalem. Jesus and his disciples were going back to Jerusalem. Jesus knew what was laying ahead of him, and he was teaching his disciples the way, teaching him all the laws, and the same thing that Paul was doing. Paul was going back to Jerusalem because Paul knew what the Holy Spirit had told him. I think that's absolutely amazing, and Paul was teaching his church, that's us. He was teaching every time that he went in that this Christian movement is where we need to be, that Jesus can change anything. It doesn't matter what kind of life you've had, that this is the movement we're going to, and this is where it needs to be. I think that is absolutely awesome. You see, Jesus knew it was about to happen, and so did Paul. So this weekend, we had our men's retreat, and it was, it was really, really just awesome. It really was. What started out great even, ended even better, and I'm actually being sarcastic about that. But, um, <laughs> We had a snowfall on the last night, and, we, and it's just the typical Tennessee, this middle Tennessee, Alabama weather. You never know. We were wearing shorts and T-shirts on Thursday and Friday. Then Friday night, we, had, we were wearing everything that was in our luggage to stay warm. <laughs> Again, difference of being courageous and stupid, that there <laughs> was stupid. But let me real quick. If you were, attended the men's retreat and you stayed in a tent... Stand up real quick. If you're in the men's retreat here and you stayed in the tent, we got one back there, a couple up here. Uh, there was a few more for sure that couldn't make it today. You guys are men. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. You are men. And you with you with got through the uh, the tough times. Um, now, if you're in this room and you attended the men's retreat and you rented a camper, go ahead and stand. Now Tom, I don't even see Thomas Pugh in here, but Thomas is that he's part of the equation on this right here. But you guys, we were warm. you were warm, <laughs> and you were smart. <laughs> I will never make fun of Jason Ball ever again for wanting to stay outside because last uh, the Friday night it was the first time I ever camped in snow, and it for sure is the last. And. Uh, <laughs> It was a miserable evening. I woke up at like 1 a.m. With, with, I woke up, and I felt something brush my face, and it was my tent had caved down on me. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, so I pushed it up, and uh, then after a while, the snow started settling back down on top of it, and then I just feel this, <clears throat> throat> <clears throat> the drip of death. It was horrible. When our mid retreat, it's it's full of everything. It's a bunch of guys that get together and just have an awesome time around the campfire. But uh, this year's theme was called "Keeping It Real," and well, that's the slogan we say. What's up, man? i oh, will just keeping it real, you know, keeping it real. And it stuck out. I was like, man, that's really really cool. Keeping it real. What can we make of that? So we decided to put "real" as an acronym: R E A L. And I asked the men that everybody, you need to have what it means to be real. We got these awesome t-shirts and it says real. And it needs, it needs to be worn because it's like a walking billboard. And I want somebody to come up to them. And I want to say, hey, what does your shirt stand for? What does that mean real? I see there's a dot in between each letter. And that's the time that you can open up and say, well, this is what it means to me. And so everybody, I asked every man to think of what it meant to you. For they are some guys said rest, Some guys said, repent. Some guys said, retaliation. I'm like, okay, again, we'll discuss turning the other cheek next week. Uh, Revival, the E was for evolve, to be excited, excitement. The A was to be admit, to admit my failures to other men to be audacious, to be audacious, to be bold when it comes to talking about Jesus Christ. The L, lots of guys said love, to leave a legacy and to lead. So this is not just for men, this is for everybody, men and women, what does it mean to be real? I think sometimes we get confused and we walk in here on Sunday mornings and when we walk out, that's it. So we're real for about 60 minutes. But what does it mean to be real in your homes, in your workplace, to your neighbors, to be real at the gas station, wherever you run into people? What does it mean to be real? let me ask you this question. When was the last time you remember your parents or someone that's important to your life, grandparents, whoever it is, uncle, it doesn't have to be family, that did something that was real, that did something that was bold for God? You see, as we as parents, we can tell our kids all these things growing up will they remember the words? What's the saying that says that action speaks louder than words? It's the actions that we do, that they're gonna remember. I look at Jason Baugh. He took a huge, huge, crazy sack, bold act and moved to a church that really didn't want him, left his family, but his kids will remember that for the rest of their life. And I'm telling you right now, Jason Baugh is a stud. And I don't mean that weird. He is a man after God's own heart. Does he make mistakes? Yes. Does he make people wear weird t-shirts? Yes, he does, but he is a man of God. But ask yourself the question, what will my kids remember when I'm gone? What will my kids tell my grandkids when I'm gone? See, I don't want Michelle and I just to teach Tristan all these wonderful things. We give her wonderful things day and day and day. And it seems like they go in here and out this way. And I know that Tristan's not the only one. Everybody in here has kids. But it's the bold acts that we do in our life that's going to take that to the next level that's going to mean something. And that's super important to me. So what courageous act have we done, have I done in my life that will stand out, that she will tell her kids, that her kids will tell their kids in generation after generation after generation that this bold, courageous, real act of God means in this world. Paul, how many years are we talking about? 22,000 years. We're talking about Paul and his courageous acts that he had right now. We want to be real. We want to rest in God's love. We want to evolve in our reading. We want to evolve in this Christian act. We want to be audacious and be bold enough that when somebody that somebody turns away, that we're bold enough to make a stand and lead them to the one. If we're not doing that, then what are we wasting our time for? Bold, courageous acts. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, this is like the dream team of people showing faith in the Bible. And it says, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It was by faith that Noah built an ark. It was by faith that so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. But in verse 13, Hebrews eleven thirteen, 13, it said, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. It says right there, they did not receive what was promised while they were here on earth. But they saw it all from a distance and they welcomed it. See, once we start living for Christ, there are no guarantees in life. When we accept Christ, we don't instantly become better looking. We don't instantly have an awesome head of hair, maybe on the face. We don't instantly have a giant bank account. There are gonna be trials. There are going to be tribulations. But if we walk in faith, we walk in courage, and God can get us through anything that we have in front of us. We have to have the faith to have the courage. We have to have the faith to move on, to get us through that next step. Having faith is what gives us courage. The more faith we have, the bigger the courage is. And believers today must remain faithful to our God despite any ridicule or rejection we encounter. If you truly come to know the Lord and you're fighting for him, you're gonna find it. You're you're gonna find ridicule everywhere you go. Turn on the TV, walk into your schools, your children's schools, go to the workplace. You know, I see people all the time in in the workplace, they're just kind of like, oh, I don't wanna say anything because I don't wanna offend them. We've lost our boldness. We've lost our courage to speak up the truth. And it's not my truth, it's the truth. Yes. And I love what this says here. It says, We need to not be so attached to this world's desires and possessions that we can't move out of God's command. Don't let that fall on deaf ears right here. I'm gonna read it again. It says, We need to not be so attached to this world's desires and pleasures that we can't move out at God's command. God knows your purpose. God knows why you're here. How many risks do we take as being Jesus followers? Ask yourself that question, how many risks do I take? Coming to church is just, it's not enough. It's a start, but church is not in here church is out there. You guys may be saving here. I don't know your your story, but you're here. and That's a start. But out there is where we win. Out there is when we start taking a stand and fighting for God. How many risks do you take? It's time to get in the game, folks. You know, look at this, and we'll close in this, but God is our pilot. He is our pilot. We're just a bunch of paratroopers in the back of this plane. We got our parachutes on and God hits that green button and it's time to jump. I'll be honest with you. When I look down I see the picture of where I'm about to jump, I'm scared. I'm nervous. The unknown. But when he hits that green button, I want to be able to stand up and say, all right, God, let's do it. And I want to pull that parachute and I want to sail down through there. Now, will that ride be bumpy? Yeah. Will there be some turbulence? Yes. But when my feet hit the ground, God is right there and he has carried me through every single step of the way. So it's okay to be courageous. It's okay to stand and fight the giant. It's okay to stand and be thrown into the lion's den. It's okay to go against anything Because God is putting you there for a reason. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that? (laughs) You see, God did then for David, Esther, Daniel, Deborah, and Paul, and every single one of us. He did for them what he's doing now. And that's extraordinary things through ordinary lives for anyone who is willing to accept the challenge and be courageous. Are you ready to make a stand? Are you ready to walk down this yellow brick road? So You've got the courage within you already. The cowardly lion had the courage already. He just had to find it. It's right there. It's all there, been there the whole time. It's up to you to bring it out. You can look to your neighbor right now and say it's up to me and I want to do it. It's time to make a stand and fight. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. Jesus, we just we just come to you right now, God, and we just ask you to to give us this courage. God, we lift your name up on high. We thank you for for not backing away from Judas and sending down the army of angels. But God, we thank you for for sticking through the hard time, for being courageous and sticking through it to save me, to save us. And God, we know there's a greater purpose for everyone that's viewing this morning, that's everyone that's in this room, that you have a purpose for all of us, and that is to be courageous. We thank you. We love you. And all of God's people said, amen, amen.